Good evening, everyone. We will open our meeting tonight by singing hymn number 237. Oh, may we be still and seek him. Seek with consecration whole. Listening thus to hear the message, far from sense and hid in soul. Number 237. that says, click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. And there you will find the readings for tonight. And our theme is, in life there is no death. And the readings will now be given by Mishaela from Canada. You will read from the Bible, First John. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, 
and this life is in his son. Deuteronomy. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. John Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Then, when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. She went her way and called Mary, her sister. Then, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, 
by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave cloth, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Colossians If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. I will now read correlative passages of science and health with key to the scriptures and prose works, both by Mary Baker Eddy. Life is without beginning and without end. Eternity, not time, expresses the thought of life, and time is no part of eternity. Death, the opposite of life. Jesus, the highest human corporeal concept of the divine idea, rebuking and destroying error and bringing to light man's immortality. Christ, the divine manifestation of God, 
which comes to the flesh to destroy incarnate error. Jesus restored Lazarus by the understanding that Lazarus had never died, not by an admission that his body had died and then lived again. Had Jesus believed that Lazarus had lived or died in his body, the Master would have stood on the same plane of belief as those who buried the body, and he could not have resuscitated it. Jesus not only declared himself the way and the truth, but also the life. God is life, and as there is but one God, there can be but one life. Must man die then in order to inherit eternal life and enter heaven? Our master said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then God and heaven or life are present and death is not the real stepping stone to life and happiness. They are now and here. And a change in human consciousness from sin to holiness would reveal this wonder of being. Because God is ever present, no boundary of time can separate us from him and the heaven of his presence. And because God is life, all life is eternal. Human beings are physically mortal, but spiritually immortal. The evil accompanying physical personality is elusive and mortal. But the good attendant upon spiritual individuality is immortal. Jesus declares that they who believe his sayings will never die. Therefore, mortals can no more receive everlasting life by believing in death than they can become perfect by believing in imperfection and living imperfectly. Life is God and God is good. Hence, life abides in man if man abides in good, if he lives in God, who holds life by a spiritually and not by a material sense of being. A sense of death is not requisite to a proper or true sense of life but beclouds it. Death can never alarm or even appear to him who fully understands life. The death penalty comes through our ignorance of life, of that which is 
without beginning and without end, and is the punishment of this ignorance. To say that you and I as mortals will not enter the dark shadow of material sense called death is to assert that what we have not proved. But man in science never dies. Material sense or the belief of life in matter must perish in order to prove man deathless. The author has healed hopeless organic disease and raised the dying to life and health through the understanding of God as the only life. It is a sin to believe that ought can overpower omnipotent and eternal life. And this life must be brought to light by the understanding that there is no death, as well as by other graces of spirit. We must begin, however, with the more simple demonstrations of control, and the sooner we begin, the better. The final demonstration takes time for its accomplishment. When walking, we are guided by the eye. We look before our feet. And if we are wise, we look beyond a single step in the line of spiritual advancement. O oh, glorious hope and blessed assurance, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Christians rejoice in secret. They have a bounty hidden from the world. Self-forgetfulness, purity, and love are treasures untold. Constant prayers, prophecies, and anointings. Practice, not profession, goodness not doctrines, spiritual understanding, not mere belief, gain the ear and right hand of omnipotence and call down blessings infinite. Faith without works is dead. The foundation of enlightened faith in Christ's teachings and practice. It was our master's self-immolation, his life-giving love, healing both mind and body, that raised the deadened conscience, paralyzed by inactive faith, to a quickened sense of mortal necessities and God's power and purpose to supply them.
We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. fight with all thy might. Christ is thy strength, and Christ thy right. Lay hold on life, and it shall be thy joy and crown eternally. Hymn number 59. <laughs>
and welcome to the Christian Science, Independent Christian Science Church in Plainfield, New Jersey. This is our Wednesday evening testimony meeting for June 28, 2023. Everyone is welcome here. At all of our meetings and services, we read from the King James Version of the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. We have quite a wonderful outreach from our church, much of which is from our various websites. Many of those are in other foreign languages, and as a result, people across the globe have found God's healing and inspiring word. And we're thankful for each and every one of you who have done so. I would like to encourage everyone to browse through our websites. We have so much to offer. It's uh there's a lot of material there that's all in healing and inspiring material for your reading, studying and listening, etc. And it all comes free of charge. And it also comes with the love of this church. I would like to uh, point out one article that we're now featuring on the home page of our English website. It's entitled, God Governs the Nations, by Peter V. Ross. It's a very short but very helpful article, and Mr. Ross has a very clear concept of it. So we're thankful everything for everything that he's given us and left us, and very happy of the fact that we can share it with others on our website. Uh, join us every Sunday. We start Sundays here at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock. We also offer a Sunday school for children, which meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. And our Sunday school has its own teleconference feature, which enables the students that don't live in the area to attend our Sunday school by telephone. What this means is that your child also can attend our Sunday school, regardless of where you live. So call up the church. We'll give you the number for the Sunday school, and we would love to welcome your child there. I will now read the section entitled Testimonials from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone that gives a testimony tonight, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everybody else the opportunity to share their offering tonight. And for those of you who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give your testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. When you do so, please keep in mind that we're going to be able to hear you and any other sounds that your telephone picks up, so please be in a quiet place. 
and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. And our meeting is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian Science. Elizabeth from New Hampshire, go ahead. Yes, good evening. And also I'd like to express my gratitude for the Bible study last Saturday, also so amazing and so powerful. I had an experience last week that I would like to share. I've been helping in the building process of a camp on the river. My late husband and I had purchased the property five or six years ago prior to his passing, and it's been a wonderful place for my children and grandchildren and I to gather. There are usually lots of us around, and on a particular day last week, due to circumstances, it turned out I would be there by myself working. It's very remote, and at first, hesitant to be isolated out there, so-called alone, I didn't want to stay. But an angel message came from God and told me to carry on with my duties. Further, the message said, This is God's day. This is not fear's day. Fear can have no control or even suggest itself to God's idea. And if only God and the things he made are real, what could there be to be afraid of? I stayed, and when I sat down for lunch that day, surrounded by all of God's beauty, the river, the majestic pine trees, the bluebirds soaring by, I thought, I am not alone here. God is right here with me. The next thought was that what is that God that is here with me? Well, Mary us in her textbook, Science and Health, with Key to the Scriptures, that there are seven synonyms for God. As I sat in the beautiful quiet, hearing only the trickling of the river down the rocks, I pondered each of the seven synonyms of mind, spirit, soul, principle, life, truth, and love. Indeed, I was not alone, but all of these qualities derived from God were right in that place with me and as me, giving comfort and peace and gratitude. I'm so grateful to turn to God, to his great love and power and guidance right there where we are. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Linda. Good evening. Tonight I want to express my gratitude for a healing of internal discomfort. For many years uh, prior to this, I suffered from childhood memories of sexual abuse. At times it would make life feel difficult. I would try to push the feelings away or ignore them. I often suffered night tears and other similar symptoms. Before coming to Plainfield, I tried a couple of ways to free myself from this, but it made the mesmerism harder uh, and to let go of of the images. It was the pure Christian science teachings here at Plainfield Independent Christian Science Church that I started to chip away at this Uh, aggressive claim and start to find the freedom 
a God-given freedom, and the only way you can find freedom. One evening, after watching an interview with a man recently who rescues children with a group of Plainfield workers, um, I started to feel a shift in my thought. That night, I struggled with internal pain, but it lifted during the night. In the morning, I had felt such a calm and lightness in my heart. I know it was the result of the prayers of the practitioner and the group prayers that the people were praying as we watched this, and seeing the compassion and those fighting for the freedom of children. I'm also very grateful for the many uh, materials we have on our website that help us blot this away and wash away and fill our thoughts with the enduring, the good, and the true. And our recent June Love is the Liberator on neither villain nor victim that heals this um, uh, uh, ungodly image and replacing it with the truth of God and His creation and His man that is only good. I'm so grateful to be part of this mission and to have these healings. I do want to say that during these years, uh, many of these symptoms lifted and uh, through the work of the practitioner, and that this was just a continually lifting uh, of thought. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Debbie from Illinois, go ahead. Thank you. This morning, Mortal Mind was attempting to get me to identify a physical symptom that was manifesting itself so that I could then make it nothing. I realized that first identifying the physical symptom and then attempting to make it nothing in my consciousness is not Christian science. Manifesting. Christian, Christian science is obeying the first commandment, quote, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, end quote. Obeying this commandment provides the truth that the physical symptom is not real and already is nothing instead of giving the physical symptom the only life it has and then trying to mentally make it nothing. Next, I thought of this week's watching point number 271, an excerpt is, quote, when we seek to establish our unity with God, we should ask ourselves which we desire most, God or the rewards God bestows for faithfulness. We will find that it is necessary often to rededicate our love for him as being first and to know that no error can tempt us to put anything ahead of him in our affections, end quote. I knew that my heart's desire is to follow Jesus' Jesus's commandment as command to his disciples and to all of us, as in Matthew 10, 8, quote, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give, end quote. I felt such a sense of devotion to God and his strength. I continued my day with this devotion to God, 
Not surprisingly, everything I did was completed successfully and without a struggle. I was telling a friend about the many blessings of my day, and she said, Sounds like you're 10 for 10. Yes, I said, you are right. Myself knowing that God was behind everything. I'm so grateful to demonstrate that with God all things are possible, and for my 10 for 10 day today and every day. Good evening. Thank you. Linda from North Carolina, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, many years ago, my landlady at the time introduced me to Christian science. And to this day, we have an enduring friendship of over 50 years. I had always been a seeker when we met, but I was skeptical of organized religion. Now, though, with a family of my own and desperately in need of structure, my friend painstakingly piloted me through the foreignness of Christian science by sharing its universal and essential truths through Mary Baker Eddy's writings and also many through many unauthorized books that are available in the Plainfield Church today. As friends, we often discuss the deeper meaning and especially the application of Christian science to everyday life and eventually she introduced me to her branch church. But mostly it was she herself who lived this teaching and won me over. With joy and equanimity, she exemplified and expressed principle and love to such a degree that it was contagious. She was more than 20 years my senior, and I remember her saying then that we must handle age. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wondered what this meant. Handling age didn't make any sense at the time, especially to someone in their 20s. Now, I am up in years, and my friend is too. We live in different states, but we still converse in the same natural way in which our friendship began, sharing the many ways the teachings of Christian science continue to bless, inspire, and permeate the big and little events of our lives. I think about her comment years ago to handle age, and I have a new appreciation of its meaning that I'd like to share. I recently looked in the mirror, and I was struck by the distinct frown lines on my face. I guess I hadn't noticed them before, but that morning it was all I could see, and it was a bit of a shock. Mortal Mind began playing its familiar tape about aging. It's all downhill from here. When I caught my thinking, I was reminded about handling age. But how? What could I do? Should I buy special creams and begin massaging my face? No, that couldn't be it. And then suddenly, a beautifully clear message, an angel message, interrupted these depressing thoughts. <clears throat> I had recently read the chapter of Doris Evans' book of sermons and articles. Rejoice Evermore, and found it deeply inspiring. I attribute what came next to this study. It was as though I heard a very kind and gentle voice saying, Why, these aren't frown lines at all. These are proof of how many smiles you have made throughout your life. And what's more, each and every time you smile, you continue to etch that proof of rejoicing evermore. For me, 
This was and continues to be a profound experience and has given a whole new meaning and poise to my facial expression that I can actually see moment to moment. Rather than allowing a frowning face, one that is worried or upset or angry or confused, or even just passively relaxed, I can now show a true expression of rejoicing evermore. Sometimes it is just an inward smile of being grateful for what has been and rejoicing in the present omnipotence of God's goodness. This brings not only comfort and joy to me, but my smile blesses everyone who encounters it. I have been given a healing practice that challenges and erases the erroneous beliefs about so-called aging. Thank you, Plainfield. Thank you to Christian Science, to Mary Baker Eddy, and all of us who practice this science of the Christ. Good night. Thank you. Nancy from Texas, go ahead. Good evening. Thank you for your readings and the hymn selections. I would like to give gratitude for protection during last week's violent weather in Northeast Texas and for the Handling the Weather booklet that's available through Plainfield Independent. Around midnight last Thursday, a very large storm with torrential rain and hundreds of lightning strikes rolled through my area. It was not only massive, but it had sustained straight-line winds of 100 miles per hour with the force of a small tornado. Awakened by the thunder, I sat up in bed and worked metaphysically to protect not only my family, but all my neighbors and friends in town. The storm raged for a couple of hours, but I felt no fear. I repeated the 91st Psalm, and I sang hymn 144, quote, In atmosphere of love divine, we live and move and breathe, end quote. I also sang Mrs. Eddy's hymn number 30, which begins, quote, Brood o'er us with thy sheltering wing, end quote. I felt no fear, but rather a wonderful sense of peace and love. The next morning, my husband was able to quickly secure a small generator to run some lights, our refrigerator, and some fans. As we surveyed our property, we had not lost a single tree just lots of leaves and pine needle clusters. We drove into town and saw that there was a lot of damage from downed trees, but no injuries nor loss of life, only property damage. Some of the trees were quite large and even fell on top of houses and cars, but no one was injured. And the whole town came together to help each other begin the cleanup. There was a great deal of love expressed by all. I have been so blessed by being a member of Plainfield Independent, and I thank all the hardworking members who make the website and publications possible. Christian science truly is the comforter promised by Christ Jesus, for it comforts, saves, and heals. Thank you. Thank you. Nancy from New Jersey, go ahead. Good evening. Thank you for the beautiful readings tonight and the service. 
I wanted to give my gratitude, um, as a previous testifier did, for the Love is the Liberator uh, of this month, Victor, not Victim. It's filled with so many inspiring and powerful articles, and I felt it was a very timely antidote to all the news that is being presented to us, suggesting that we could be a victim of destructive weather conditions, upheavals in government, polluted environment, lack or disease of all sorts. I was recently reminded by my practitioner that we cannot be phased by these things but to know that God is all, and he is in the midst of us. This reminded me of a poem that is in this month's Liberator that I found very helpful and calming called Be Still and Know. It's written by a Stokes Anthony Bennett, and it was from a Christian Science Journal of 1918. I'd like to share just a few lines of this poem with you tonight. Does the day seem dark and the way seem long? Be still and know. Does there seem to be less of right than wrong? Be still and know. Does the world seem caught in disorder's snare? Does it seem to give endless woe and care, which the eye must see and the heart must bear? Be still and know. What a beautiful, pure, and powerful answer these four little words hold. Be still and know. I'm just so grateful for all that we are given in this church, so grateful for practitioner support, and I am deeply grateful to our loving Father, Mother, God, who is all, in all, and who is forever in our midst. I'm so grateful to be here tonight, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lenny from North Carolina, go ahead. Thank you and good evening. Um, Michelle, I wanted to thank you for the, the lovely readings tonight. I um, also wanted to express my gratitude for some things I've been learning recently. Um, I'd actually called, uh, called a practitioner here uh, not too long ago to talk about a few things that I've been working on. And during the call, she could tell, it's probably pretty obvious, how inwardly focused I was about everything and just, you know, kind of self-mesmerized. And she asked me where my gratitude was. You know, gratitude, which she reminded me had been really strong um, and very obvious several months ago, but seemed pretty skimpy or non-existent at this point. And she pointed off, also pointed out that you know, my focus seemed to be very material rather than, than Godward. Um, well, it's never fun to to get a rebuke like that, but when I was thinking about it, I, I had to be honest with myself. I couldn't argue with it. You know, I wasn't in a good place mentally. And when that happens, I realize it's usually because I am very focused on myself and haven't and and don't actively look for or notice, you know, all the good that God has already given. So as we we're talking about this, one of the remedies, you know, for for getting through this kind of a mental miasma, as Mrs. Eddy calls it is she suggested writing down everything that I was grateful for, no matter how small, and everything that was good around me, but really spending time to understand and attribute it back to God, you know, getting down on my knees and really being, being grateful for it. So I got a notebook out and I started in with this. 
um, since one of the things I'd been kind of so focused on that was really taking me, you know, focusing me inward was finding our next house because uh, we we sold our old house and have been living in a, a rental property that we own. So each day I spent time first off giving God thanks for the current home that he had provided. You know, it's actually quite lovely where we are and it's um, it's been kind of a wonderful retreat for us in the past. And I realized that I'd been so focused on, you know, thinking ahead, thinking ahead, thinking ahead, that I wasn't loving and enjoying the place where I, I currently was. Um, I also realized, too, that I, I needed to be spending more time praying for my community. You know, my community is a small one, and it, it has seen better days, and it needed my love and my support and my prayer. So I started working with those things, and each night I'd go through my gratitude list, and I'd lift up everything that I'd written down and just spend some time praying about it and being grateful for it and seeing you know, seeing that God had provided it. Well, what's been really pretty cool is that the effect of this work has been almost immediate, really. I found myself feeling lighter in heart. Um, I started to notice more things every day to be grateful for. And that first weekend after I, I started down that path, my daughter came up to visit us and she hadn't been up here in a, quite a while. And in times past when my daughters come up, there's been times we've, you know, butt heads or, you know, it's, it's kind of been a little bit up and down. But this trip was just so harmonious. She expressed a lot of joy and gratitude for being here, told us how much she was grateful for, ha- you know, for us having this place for her to come to. Um, it was just really quite lovely. Uh, the other thing I noticed after just a few days was I was uh, working at my desk and I realized that I was much more focused at work. I'd actually been struggling a lot with my job, just feeling kind of distracted and burnt out and, and not feeling like I was really at my best at work. But, you know, I, I suddenly realized that I was, I had more energy. I was getting more things done and it just, it's hard to put into words, but it just felt really good. So uh, it's just, I, you know, the more that I kind of kept on this path, the more just, it was just really kind of cool how these, how things changed. Um, I was thinking the other day, I've always loved that passage, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, just, it speaks of such a, a refreshment and rejuvenation and a, you know, just kind of a turning a page. And I, I realized that in the past, I've prayed with that before, but I've always kind of prayed and just asked God to do that to me rather than taking, you know, taking the steps and in, in, in the effort like I've been not doing now with just upholding gratitude. Um, you know, it's, it's that effort that I feel like has, has helped create this cleaner heart and renewing this right spirit. So that's just been a really fun, uh, a fun journey. And I'm very grateful for my practitioner for that kick in the pants. Uh, really grateful for these lessons that I'm learning about, you know, lifting up gratitude, loving God more, and because it just lets you love your fellow man and bless, you know, bless everyone around you so much more. So thank you so much for all of that. Thank you all tonight for your testimonies and have a great evening. Thank you. Shardell. Good evening. Jesus did not go anywhere unless sent by his father. I had an opportunity to visit a young grandchild and also possibly 
take care of some legal matters in Pennsylvania not long ago. So, with prayer and practitioner support, I went forward. Things started to unfold, and although many initial plans changed, all fell into place at the right time. The evening that I arrived, a dinner had been planned, and there were 12 family members invited to a sumptuous dinner. Although these much-loved members do not share my opinion on many topics, including religion, everything was harmonious, even joyful. The next day, I was able to spend several hours with my youngest grandchild and treat him to lunch. Since it was a holiday that Monday and the courthouse was closed, my trip came to an end and I was delivered back home that same afternoon and had time to meet several members of my church family that evening. My gratitude for this event cannot be expressed in words. This tremendous spiritual unfoldment was made possible because of my practitioner and all that I have been learning here about Christ always going before us, God first in all things, pray without ceasing, and loving my neighbor as myself. Thank you. Thank you. We'll now hear from Imogene from Australia. Good evening. Tonight I wanted to thank our wonderful practitioners for the pure Christian science teaching here. We are taught here to listen for God's voice before we go to sleep, to listen for God's voice as soon as we wake up in the morning, to be listening to God all throughout the day many times to see what it is that he is saying, what does he want us to do. I wanted to share an experience here. I've testified before about an accident I was involved in a couple of years ago. Well, twice and moments before that occurred, I did hear God's still small voice in my thought, and it said, no, just stay in the car, all is well. It was a very gentle thought, like a soft, kind, velvet brush across my thought, but I failed that test. I didn't listen. I overrode that thought and I rushed out of the car and straight into an accident. But even so, God revealed his glory in that I was saved from surgery and my injuries were healed through the operation of pure Christian science. As I recall this experience, it is a marvel to me that God really is always speaking, but my own material will dimmed that Christ sense within. Back then, my thought was dimmer to God's voice, and it has been the teaching here at Plainfield Independent that has put God's true light into my awakened thought that I can know him better and have a close relationship with our God. For this, I am forever grateful. I so joy to be now learning better how to hear God's voice and that he cannot be heard when we're rushing, hurrying or stressed, and that we have to open our thought to be ready to hear his beautiful voice coming gently and quietly with freshness and goodness. 
one of the most beautiful lessons I have learned here is that in praying for others and not only ourselves, that God's voice does become clearer to us. Mary Baker Eddy wrote in her beautiful shepherd hymn, quote, I will listen for thy voice, lest my footsteps stray. I will follow and rejoice all the rugged way. End quote. What a glorious work that Mary Baker Eddy did for us all, and how light years ahead of humanity is Christian science. Yet it can be accurately discerned and successfully applied by any honest seeker. So tonight I thank God for all that he is and does. I thank dear Christ Jesus for his love and teaching. And I thank Mary Baker Eddy for giving us the blueprint, as was said in a recent roundtable, in how to know and how to love our God. I'm forever grateful for all the work done down through the centuries, for all the work done here in sharing pure Christian science freely with a full heart, no holes barred, filled with God's holy power and love, freely given by our beautiful practitioners and teachers at this church. I am forever grateful, dearest Plainfield Independent, and so much love to you all. Thank you. Izzy from England, go ahead. Good evening. Some time ago, the passing of my father brought a childhood friend back into contact after many years of distance. He ended up coming to visit for the funeral and stayed a couple of nights. We were brought up together and both attended Sunday school, although life has not been easy for him in many ways, and he's developed a heavy dependency on alcohol, amongst other things. We had a great time catching up. At one point, he popped over to the shop down the road for some more wine, commenting as he came in on the workmen who were doing some works in the road outside. As evening became night, suddenly he realised he couldn't find his wallet. And then he explained the wallet was more than just money. It contained some quite personal items and his first ever passport, the first passport he'd managed to secure as an adult. So we all kept on looking, but despite looking, nothing was found. And his search became more frantic. I remember saying something like, let's just know that it's safe. And he said back very angrily, no, that doesn't work. It never works. And I thought that was really interesting because it meant to me that he'd, he hadn't forgotten what he'd learned as a child. And he clearly had tried to use Christian science, maybe on several occasions, even if it didn't seem to have worked for him. We literally looked everywhere. We went up and down the now empty road to the shop and back, looking under the parked cars. We looked in the fridge. He'd emptied his bag out several times. Every piece of evidence that was being presented to us was saying or was claiming that the wallet had disappeared or been lost or been stolen. And he became more and more frantic, even turning the sofas over. He became adamant that he had dropped it in the street just outside the shop and the workmen had picked it up and stolen it. He became very angry and his energy took on an element of something that I really was not comfortable being around. So I told him I was taking the dogs for the last walk and I set out to deal with this apparent situation. And thanks to what I have learned at the Plainfield Church, I actually had a good idea what I needed to do. 
Without what I've learned here, I think I would have given up or maybe just prayed gently or maybe not really bothered to pray because the evidence was so strong. But thanks to everything I've learned, I knew that I didn't have to just accept this. I knew that it was my right and my duty to take a stand and fight for what was right. And what was right was that the wallet was found. It was not right that it had been lost because nothing can be lost in infinite mind. It was not right that it had been stolen because the workmen outside were the very expressions of God and they could not know dishonesty or theft. It was definitely not right that someone could be deprived of something that they needed. The walk took about 30 minutes and all the way I worked and prayed, taking a stand for this right outcome. Mrs. Eddy tells us to expect the blessing, and I did, tentatively, although it felt a bit strange to be demanding something from God. But I really did argue for good, and I felt, really felt that good was what had to happen. There was no alternative. When I got back to the house, I was so relieved to see the room had been put back together. Quite sheepishly, he told me that he'd found the wallet about ten minutes after I had left. The strange thing is that he'd found the wallet just on top of a radiator behind one of the sofas. None of us have ever been able to work out how it got there. No one remembers him sitting there at all. So how the wallet got there has remained a mystery ever since. I have huge gratitude for this wonderful outcome. It was a really good experience for me in how to fight for good. And actually, writing it down now and thinking about it properly again is another really good experience. It's really helping me to relive what I did. So a huge thank you for the training that we receive at Plainfield and for the books and literature that is made available here, which has allowed me to learn what real Christian science is and how it should and can be lived. It's absolutely wonderful. Much love to you all. Thank you. Lawrence from Georgia, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Hila, for the readings on life. There's been a lot of focus on people passing, people drowning, all kinds of stuff about passing. And how wonderful to hear through Christian science that life does not end. I am so comforted by this. And I know that all those who are finding this truth are also so comforted. I am so grateful for Christian science because it is what gives us these new concepts about life, weather, each other, our world, and help us to think differently about everything. Mrs. Eddy's lasting statement in our textbook, which says that the time for thinkers has come. How true it is. I am so grateful for the many, many ways we are instructed to think when we embark on this journey. I'm so grateful also for the hymns tonight and for the whole service and for all the testimonies given. Thanks to God, Christ Jesus, Mary Baker Eddy, and all that has been left for us to help change how we think grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Mary. 
Good evening, everyone. I have some lovely things to read tonight. Uh, first from England. Greetings from England. Firstly, I'd like to express thanks to the Weather Committee and to echo Izzy's gratitude for their work. We finally had a couple of heavy rain showers overnight here recently after a very long, hot, dry spell. And now everything is much fresher, although we could certainly use a lot more rain in due course, which I'm sure we will all be praying about. I would also like to say a big thank you for Love is the Liberator magazine, which has recently been posted on the Plainfield website and is so full of excellent articles. I'm grateful that you were able to make use of my little snaps, <laughs> too, her photographs. It's lovely to be able to make any tiny contribution. And, and I have to say that Anne in England, this is, she sends us beautiful pictures of her beautiful countryside. It is, it is presently time here for the roses just now, and I will send you a couple of pictures taken near here. I was very interested to read the recent article that was mentioned and then posted on the website about the monument to the forefathers, which I had not come across before. What an excellent idea to build this to represent the aims of the early settlers. I'm so very grateful for all I'm learning at Plainfield. Very much gratitude and love to you all. And then the next is from South Dakota. I am very grateful to all at Plainfield for the collective gratitude being expressed during the testimony meetings. Such lifts the spirit, expanding the atmosphere of love and hope and the potential for added personal demonstration. Thank you, Plainfield, for being a harbinger of hope for me during a prolonged and ongoing demonstration. Thank you for the practitioner's support that demonstrates much patience and understanding and discernment. I appreciate you all at Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, and I thank you all. And then this is some excerpts from a testimony from Virginia. In last night's Unity Watch of Tuesday, June 27th, it ended with saying how scientific demonstration would be shared through testimonies of gratitude, showing, quote, how this practical science of Christ is at work in our daily lives, end quote. This prompts me to share the wonderful family visit we had last week. My husband's sister and husband came to visit and spend time with us after not being here for 18 years. Much prayer and preparation preceded and continued throughout this time. The result was that every day someone was expressing joy and delight that we were together. The weather cooperated for all our activities. Schedules were harmonious. We all learned a lot from our discussions. We had plenty of quiet, prayerful time. My sister-in-law, who had been searching for weeks for a particular type of shoe she needed, found the exact thing in a local department store here. In fact, there was only one pair. It was her size, and it was the right color and the exact fit. Angels were guarding and guiding through this whole experience. Our brother-in-law, who had a major surgery a couple of months ago, he is a sincere and dedicated Christian and appreciated being given the 91st Psalm in our prayerful support. He also had a powerfully faithful surgeon 
who goes to church every day before work. Everyone on his floor said that they had never seen anyone recover so fast from that type of surgery. It was a blessing for all and only proves what happens when you put God first in your life. And then the last uh, is an email from Missouri. Very beautiful and humbling email. I am so grateful for all the articles, books, biographies, movies, and documentaries that are recommended during the Plainfield Bible Studies and Roundtable Discussions. Most recently, I watched the Kirk Cameron documentary about the Pilgrims entitled Monumental in Search of America's National Treasure, which honors their vital and integral contribution to the freedom of worship for all mankind by coming to America quote, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, end quote. Kirk makes the following statement upon reading the inscription on the monument to the founding fathers. And this is, I'm sorry, to the Mayflower Compact. And it is, quote, they understood that throughout history, God has always used a small group of people who were totally committed and all, all in and they knew that if they kept their covenant with God and with one another, God would be faithful, end quote. When I heard these words, I could not help but immediately think about the little remnant of the incredibly dedicated members of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. The total commitment and obvious all-in attitude of the workers at Plainfield, who serve so faithfully day in and day out, is quite monumental. They seemingly miraculously accomplish massive amounts of work each and every week of every year, which can only be explained by realizing and acknowledging that our faithful God is at the helm of everything that the Plainfield Church has done, is doing, and will continue to do. It is an it is awe inspiring to realize that the small band of totally committed Christian pilgrims, only 50 out of the original 102 surviving that first winter, persisted in the face of such unbelievable odds and prevailed, and thus fostered the birth of the ideals of America for the benefit of untold numbers over the centuries. In the same way, it is so inspiring to recognize that just a little remnant of totally committed Christian scientists in the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, who are obviously being used by God, have persisted in the face of, of almost insurmountable odds in the court case battle of years past and continue to persist today in keeping their covenant with God and with one another. They are prevailing and fostering the rebirth of Mary Baker Eddy's true ideals and pure teachings of Christian science with the power of our faithful God propelling the mission forward, the inevitable and ultimate true freedom for all the people of the earth worldwide is assured. For this, I am unspeakably grateful from a kindred heart from Missouri. 
I would just like to thank all of you who have joined in this mission with this remnant working as we've done. I'm so very grateful for each and every one of you, which is now worldwide, worldwide membership. And that was so beautifully written, and I was deeply and gratefully touched by it and also very humbly touched by it. I, too, am very, very grateful for these beautiful readings tonight, um, very well put together and just so very important that we all understand this principle that there is no death and there certainly is no death in life and we live in life with a capital L and that beautiful quote from Pulpit and Press that started, Oh, glorious hope and blessed assurance. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We must never forget this beautiful truth of our Father and know that he loves each and every one of us. And his eye is on the sparrow, and I know that he watches everyone here tonight and everyone everywhere. So grateful to be with you all, and have a good night. Thank you. We will now close our meeting by singing hymn number 343. Thou art the way, to thee alone from sin and death we flee. And he who would the Father seek, must seek him, Lord, by thee. Hymn number 343. 